0: Cool. Hello, welcome to To Be a Terrier. Stephen Chicken here, joined as usual by David Hartrick. Still in the cup, Dave, but wow, well, we'll not talk about your lot. Two games to talk about. <laughs> How are you doing, by the way?
1: Wounded. Wounded by that right from the off. Yeah, Yeah, no, fine, fine. Feeling good. Causton pressing me and got my favourite Green Arrow T-shirt on. I'm happy as... A what
0: now T-shirt?
1: Green Arrow? Green Arrow.
0: Right, I see.
1: uh, Don't make me rank my comic book characters in order, but uh, he's right in my top three.
0: He's fought Cody Rhodes at SummerSlam once. Right, so... Huddersfield he did Stephen Amell did um that's Green Arrow right
1: no that's that's Arrow that was a version Ah. of Green Arrow that's that's not my Green Arrow Okay, okay okay right let me just go and get some books from my shelf (laughs) we're gonna need about 40 to 50 minutes just to go through a couple and then we can go into top 10 and various versions on the multiverse okay
0: okay I'm not going to educate you about Cody Rhodes. you best leaving that alone. Huddersfield Town 2, Derby County nil in the league on Wednesday night. Uh, it was a, a weird old game. And, and as I put in the conclusions, one that's quite difficult to analyse because it's a, a game of football unlike most, you're going to see.
1: Yeah, a lot of... I mean... A lot of first team training now is done a man light anyway, so you're often playing like you know you're often playing somebody who's got an extra man. So I don't think it's quite the advantage when it happens so early in a game as as many think because you can reorganise and you can sacrifice and you can say, Okay, well we know what we've got to do, we've got to dig in for a long time and Derby got themselves organised, got themselves into a, you know, liner five and a line of four sacrificed their striker at half time which made their intentions completely known um and and really made it difficult and it was it was an Im- Im- like those games if you get a goal it it changes the complete complexion but the longer you go without the worse it starts to feel there was that game in the premier league town played i think was it against Probably Warnock's Cardiff, I think, possibly, where someone got sent off in the first half and it just became the Alamo and Town couldn't... They just could not score. And for a while it felt a little bit like that, but luck is definitely on their side at the minute. That deflection was... was key and uh yeah from that point there was only ever going to be one winner.
0: Yeah, second game in a row where Town got a goal through a, a deflection, Uh obviously it was Dwayne Holmes on, on this occasion, it was Josh Caroma against Stoke and I mean it was it was a clear red card right, there's there's not really much debate about that Richard, Richard Stearman caught O'Brien pretty high and yeah I thought yeah. O'Brien was lucky to walk away from, from that challenging truth.
1: It was, I, I think it was clumsy and it was that it was very, very much a challenge you make when it's your first touch of the ball and the mm-hmm. game's three minutes in, isn't it? He just got it all, got his timing all wrong. I don't think it was malicious no. in the slightest. It was just complete error of timing, and yeah, I think Lewis, uh, Lewis did well to sort of just have his foot off the ground because I think if it had been planted. Properly, mm. uh, yeah, it could have been a lot worse than that, to be honest. So yeah, <laughs> one of the one of the clearer reds, I think. Yeah, and as you say,
0: I think Derby really didn't threaten at all. They had a couple of counters first half where um, Town just sort of saw it out and, and defended well. But as you say, I think it. It was evident that Derby were not going to win that game, but it was a matter of whether Town could get the breakthrough and, and stop it from finishing yeah. nil nil, really, because Derby did just, you know, we always talk about putting 10 men behind the ball, and it's, you know, <laughs> that's basically what they did. They, they put all 10 men behind the ball, and it was like when you put 10 men behind the ball and you have a striker up top, except they just didn't have the striker up top. So they were in, you know, it, it, I think it's easy to say. It was a matter of time, but it was starting to feel, as you say, as things wore on, like, oh, is this, are they going to find it? So I think you have to say credit to them, Town, for, for getting the breakthrough and then polishing the game off as well within a few minutes. Just because you knew that as soon as Town went ahead, Derby would have to, because the position they're in, they can't just say, right, well damage control will take a 1-0 they desperately need points at this stage and um, you knew that as soon as Town scored Derby were going to start coming at them and, and Jordan Rhodes kills the game off and I think you have to say you know a game like that is all about the outcome and they, they got the result
1: yeah and you know there's like it's like i said it's a difficult one to draw loads and loads of stuff from because of the fairly unique game Mm -hmm. situation but the key thing is it won't have been that unique to to town really because of training the thing i would say i think the thing i I thought was interesting was the the use of subs in that game and how we had talked quite recently i forget which game it was after i think in fact it was as recent as the stoke game i think we talked in the Facebook uh, live we did mm-hmm. after the game, and I think we mentioned it on the pod about Corbyn looking at his bench and not really seeing anything other than like-for-like like subs and, and basically making his changes very late because uh, there wasn't an awful lot he could do to affect the game. The Derby game felt like the sort of exact opposite of that. The fact that you can leave Josh Karoma on the bench in a game mm-hmm. that you need to get a goal from really tells you the, the depth of options they have there now and... You know, think came on. A couple of people were raving about his performance. So I thought he was just quite neat and tidy. Yeah. If I'm brutally honest Same. with you, I thought he was a, a feeling his way into yes, yeah. into a town shirt again performance. And he somebody said to me, "Oh, you know, it was a brilliant assist. It was it was a seven foot <laughs> yeah, pass. It was yeah <laughs> to his side. You know, um, I thought he did much better things than the assist in the game. Um, but yeah, I I think." There was a real opportunity to change it with that bench. Me and you said before kickoff, actually, didn't we? I think mm. you said to me it was the strongest looking bench you'd seen for quite a while. Yeah,
0: I mean, when you've got Pippa, Iting, and Coroma on your bench, like you know that that's let alone Jordan Rhodes. Obviously, came on, got his first goal back. That that was great to see. Um, but yeah, I mean that that is a bit of a, a difference from you know from some other benches we've seen where it's like who's who's actually going to come on and grab this by the scruff of the neck.
1: Yeah. And ultimately Eiting gets an assist and Rhodes gets a goal. Yeah. So that's impact from your that's impact from your bench, isn't it? What was the stat you pulled up about substitute scoring a goal?
0: Well in yeah. Town? It was just that Jordan Rhodes is the first town goal scorer, town player to score from the bench this season, which is yeah. remarkable. Roman Eadman's Green was the last one, uh, against Reading on the last day of last season. So
1: Yeah, which was which was a Hit and giggle game, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: We don't count that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, t- Town of... I mean, they've not had many ass- I think they've had two assists on the bench, and now it's three. I think I'm right in saying it might be one, and now it's two. Um, after, after writings as well. And, you know, I, th- I think there's been some games this season where... Corbran has used his subs really well and we've gone out of our way to praise the way he's used his subs. Mm. I think he used them well here, as you say, just like he did against Blackpool in similar circumstances. Uh, Also against 10 men, you know, that he took off three of his his most offensive outfielders, you know, Pearson, Turton and Hogg. I thought... Again hogg didn't have a, a great game unfortunately, but I would say with Jonathan Hogg in that match, that definitely wasn't a game for Jonathan hogg like I think if it had stayed eleven men, you might have expected it to be uh he lined up four four two initially um Corbrand, which is not the first time I've seen that. I thought that was interesting. he had tsunami up top alongside Ward, but then obviously after it went to ten men it became more of a two four four and then sort of a a a one five four um when when they took Pearson off so um yeah you, you use the subs well and and i think it's it's easy to say well you just throw on your attacking players when you when you're you know playing against 10 men for 87 minutes but he was smarter than that you know he, he realized that he needed sort of the 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 scalpel that carol Lighting would provide rather than the more sort of blunt instrument that that josh groma would have brought onto the pitch
1: mm. yeah yeah and I think it's worth talking about Rose's moment, his goal, because it was a great moment in the ground, wasn't it? It was. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people have been quite sceptical of that signing, and I think there's valid reasons to to question it. But there's no doubt he is a he's a very good tool for a very certain type of job, and it was a real, you know, it was a very Jordan Rhodes goal, wasn't it? A bit of stri- striker's instinct to pull into a bit of space, follow the shot in, and you know, finish nicely. To, it, to get him off the mark at this point of the season can only be a good thing really um and it just added to i think at the the end of that derby game there was a real sort of good feeling real y- you could sense a slightly different atmosphere i thought in the ground a lot of a lot of boxes ticked in the one game and uh yeah it was good to see
0: yeah yeah it was a it was a nice moment and drain Holmes will will Obviously, when we get on to... Well, we'll move on to Barnes. He Got the goal against Barnes as well. Four goals in his last six starts, Dwayne Holmes. Um, mm-hmm. He's in pretty impressive form at the moment. And I think it's uh, it's interesting that he picked Dwayne Holmes to play against Derby. Obviously, he would have been desperate to play against them after after how mm-hmm. things ended there. Um and
1: he was he was desperate to get on the scoresheet. He certainly
0: he? was. Yeah, I mean it did. I put this in the live blog at one point. It did almost feel like a Dwayne Holmes testimonial that game at times because it, it wasn't just hit that he was shooting constantly. I think he had six shots in the game. His teammates kept looking for him. Like every time they got on the ball, it's like mm-hmm. right, where's Dwayne? How do, how do we get him in? And I mean he got the goal in the end. So like it's really quite difficult. And he's in good goal scoring form. So it's quite difficult to sort of fault that strategy <laughs> at the moment but um no I thought that was interesting and obviously he then gets the the goal in the FA Cup as well I mean we, we've talked about it before but he is such an important player and uh, for Carlos Corcoran it's I think he he seems to prefer him to Josh Garoba doesn't he um and and he's certainly more versatile I think is is the main thing he's played uh, you know if you count sort of the left right variations of different roles um he's played eight different positions this season for my money so um yeah uh, he's he's a very important player to town at the moment
1: he is he is and he was it was tough when he came back into the squad last season because he came in and town fell off a cliff and he felt almost I think for some fans he felt almost emblematic of something so no matter where he played or what he did he got a lot of criticism um and it's and worth saying as to... well
0: i don't think he played great either and you and i sat here no, you know, you, know no. you and I, I, I you and i were sitting here 6 8 months ago talking about uh oh he's, he's getting moved all over the place, he's playing all different mm. positions, it's not doing him any good. And maybe it wasn't in the short term, but I think longer term that versatility is actually paying off big time for town.
1: Yeah, this is it. And I, I think he's had to play his way into form. There's no there's no denying that at all. Um but it's just he's a very Corbyn player because I think I think what Carlos Corbyn likes is you can be 10 out of 10 in one position, but what Carlos Corbin really wants you to be is like an 8 out of 10 in three. Mm-hmm. That's what he really, really likes. And Holmes sort of ticks a, a lot of boxes. And I every time I see Dwayne Holmes, the thing I'm always sort of mightily impressed with even when he's playing badly if I'm brutally honest it's just his work rate Mm -hmm. he's he's another town player who just covers an insane amount of ground and it it's good to see players like that get rewarded with a runner form like this it's the same reason we were all so delighted when Danny Ward got that hat trick you know it's that you want to see them get something that people can actually put up flag in the ground and say well yeah they're good (laughs) and at the moment you know four goals in six games is excellent isn't it in six starts is excellent yeah
0: yeah and I mean the Barnsley game what did you make of it I know you were you weren't in the ground for it but you've watched it back since it was uh I
1: I don't know it's a weird pod to do this because they're two difficult games to analyze because the Derby game after three minutes Becomes something completely it different. Was basically,
0: a training exercise at that point, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and then the the FA Cup game. Obviously, Town. We know we knew Town were going to shuffle the pack, and I think they were absolutely right to do mm. that as well. It should be said. I think it needed to be done after three. Was it three games in eight days or whatever? Yeah, it was. and they've
0: got several midweeks coming up. Obviously, pressing on Wednesday night, and then they've got mm. now they're through to the next round. They've got another two coming up in the next three weeks as well.
1: But. Uh, Barnsley, I wouldn't. I, you know, I wouldn't for a second say they they chucked the game away or wrote it off or anything like that. But they they have got of a this haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, and they mix their side up to an extent where it's impossible to know really how. You know, it's very difficult to make judgments on a, on a lot because you. Had, I mean, what was it? Two players making their debut. So, you said. Yeah,
0: certainly there was one 18-year-old. Kid making his first start i believe there's another very inexperienced player on there Helic is obviously always seems to play well against town mm-hmm. and, and made a big difference there when Aki came, came on but he was only used from the mm-hmm. bench so uh, they made six changes Barnsley and you know that that's a side that doesn't have a particularly good first 11 at the moment let alone
1: no making six But changes. what but what is important to say is you can only beat what's in front yeah, of you yeah absolutely can't you? absolutely and town town put together a you know a very competitive 11 yeah and and won the game ultimately and i i you know my my judgement it's always difficult when you're watching it on tv as opposed to in ground but i i think town pretty much held them at arms length yeah, most too. of the game there was there was one or two hairy moments uh, nabi sar did a nabi sar at one point and obviously the goal being disallowed at the end is a it's an odd one because <laughs> we've seen that <laughs> angle on uh, Twitter. That that sort of well done to Matty Pearson for selling it in that <laughs> fashion. Um, but yeah, I I didn't think Town were overly troubled. Well, if I'm brutally honest with you, Jamal
0: Blackman didn't have a single save to make. No. Uh, you know, he, he. I think they had five shots all game, Barnsley, and none of them were on target. Um, so I think it would have been. <laughs> I, as you say, I, I thought actually when we were in the ground that it was a foul and then I saw a replay two replays in the ground and thought yeah that's a foul and then you see that, that angle on Twitter and you think ah, okay, no <laughs> he's, uh, he's completely sold the, the referee hook line and sinker there, so on the one hand, I'm thinking it's a bit of an injustice for Barnsley that goal should have stood. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, but if that goal had stood, it would have been an injustice to Town injustice because to town, yeah. uh, because on the balance of play, you know that they had the goal, um, and then. Uh, you know, Sorba Thomas had a good chance, uh, Danny Ward hit the post. John Russell missed a sitter after the disallowed goal as well. You know, he was he was put clean through by, by Sorber Thomas. It was interesting that the you know, town made eight changes, but as you say, it was still a strong lineup because, you know, they, they can make the changes and still end up with Carol with Eighton and Jordan Rhodes and Josh Coroma in the starting lineup. And Josh Ruffles, I thought, did, did well. Um, and, you know, the, the, the players they kept in the team were, were Pearson, Holmes, and, and Thomas. I thought Sorba Thomas had um, had another good game, although the, looking at the fan ratings, they uh, they seem to, to disagree with that slightly, which is uh, surprising to see, but there you go. But. Um, no, I, I, I mean, John Russell is obviously sort of the standout player from this game. And we're, we're <laughs> both trying not to be Debbie Downers on John Russell. I think we need, first of all, to say he he had a, a really good game and, and ran the show, really, from midfield.
1: Yeah, he did. But it, you've got to factor in the midfield he was playing against. Well, um, should
0: we start with the things he does well before we sort of go on to... Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and I think he's... I think his touch is good. I think his range of passing is decent. Um, and obviously, he's a he's a big, strong physical player and he, he can use that physicality. Uh, yeah, if
0: anyone gets near him, he just bats him away, doesn't he? You know, it's yeah. always like, no, yeah, get it's... away from me.
1: Um, but... Some of the reaction has been, you know, are oh, we need to throw him into championship games, and we need to be starting him. Um, <laughs> we need to be starting him against Preston, etc. And I don't, I don't really buy that yet. If I'm brutally honest. Um, I I think there are. He looks like he's got a lot of potential, but I think there are clearly areas he needs to needs to work on. Um, and again, you know, like I say, we're trying not to be. It's impossible to not sound like Debbie Downer, though, because there has been a huge reaction to his performance, hasn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I he again. I'm going to use the phrase again. I thought he was just very neat and tidy. Really, I don't think he was. I don't think he was sort of exceptional. Just very neat and tidy. And if it if it had finished that chance at the end and had a goal to cap the game, I think you might talk about it in slightly different terms. But yeah, that was quite a horrible miss as well. If yeah, we're brutally honest.
0: it is. Yeah, I, I thought he was. Good from from the base midfield um and I thought some of his passes were good there was one moment where he did a two Cruyff turns in succession um and and then put put Ollie turton up the wing which was was great to see and as I say it is a lot of, genuinely a lot of fun to see him on the ball and people come and charge towards him and it's like watching hmm. Omos in the Royal Rumble he just sort of bats people away another reference for you there Dave um you know he just if anyone gets near him he just sort of pies them off you know sticks out a, hmm. a part and it's just like no you're not getting near it I think the reason that we're being a bit that we're that we're not completely sold at the moment. There's a there's a couple. Um, one is I think that realistically, you know, I've got a tactics board here with everyone's name on, and I think when you're looking at those central midfield positions, he's probably realistically sixth or seventh choice central midfielder behind yeah. O'Brien, Hogg, Andrian when he's back, um, Sinani, not back, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Andrian Sonani I think, and potentially even Scott High, which I know some people won't want to. Hear. Here, but it's true and Dwayne Holmes played centre midfield uh, against Barnsley as well so you know there's I think it's I understand that that Hog, Hoggy's not having the best spell at the moment but I think yeah uh, does not like for like no Hoggie, absolutely but... not well this is this is the other thing is I think we've only really seen John Russell playing against not great teams to be honest mm. he, he got a couple of minutes against West Brom who obviously you know doing alright but it literally came on in injury time um and then he's played against a Burnley team who just weren't interested, frankly, on the day. And we talked after that game about how there, if there was one area of the pitch where they did have a significant weakened lineup, it was in central midfield. And came on against Reading, which I thought was, we talked at the time, I thought was a, a really bad game for for both sides a really poor quality game um and and Regine are struggling at the moment as well and then we've seen him against barnsley in the fa cup and and you know barnsley the worst team in the championship at the moment and uh you know as we said have made six changes and you know i i didn't want to sort of come in here and and talk about the the bad things at greater length than the good but I think we're both sort of keen to sort of temper those expectations that people seem to have that he's going to come in and be a world beater in the championship he might be um Mm. I mean I think his lack of pace is an issue and that's being quite (laughs) polite about it (laughs) yeah
1: Um, I I, you know my feelings on that score I think he's I I think the lack of pace is what I mean (sighs) It's not too big a leap to say that I think the lack of pace is what really kills him from being a uh, like a really good Premier League yeah. prospect. If I'm brutally honest, because yeah. it is quite noticeable, um, and I think that the the thing is, I, I think you you've said it exactly right. The, the, there are games where I think you can play him, yeah. and he's going to be really really good, <laughs> and and it is against to you know damning with faint praise, but it is against. The weaker midfields because mm. he is—he is big, he is strong. He will, you know, he's got the range people. of passing. Yeah, if he he's, you know, he will bully people to get himself into space, and then he can pick a pass out well, over the... thirty yards. That's. Very effective. This is the
0: thing: is the the comment that I've seen multiple people make is he's one of those. He seems to be one of those players who just always has time on the ball, and it's like there's an element of truth in that. In that he can just pie people off and make that space for himself. Mm. But a large part of the reason he had a lot of time on the ball against Burnley and Barnsley was because they gave him a lot of time on the ball. To, to yeah. be to be fair, and uh, yeah, I think you and I are both of a mind where we're thinking: if you play him against a, a Swansea or a Fulham or a Bournemouth or a you know a team that is sort of more dynamic, more high pressing and quick passing, I think he would. Struggle quite badly in those games. That's our hunch anyway. They,
1: they're just going to run right by him. That's the problem. They're just the minute he gets a midfielder who thinks I can run him, uh, he he's he's done for. Particularly if he's on a yellow, you know, first half because he has to has to end up taking a couple of people out. So, but I I think. Look, it's a squad game. Mm-hmm. There are going to be games where he will be able to come in and he will look really, really good. You know, and I think it's against certain midfields and certain setups. But like you know, Hoggie's replacement long term, no. <laughs> um, it it's he's got he's got a way to go. He's got a way to go, and I think that I think it's good that people are excited about him, and it's good that people are seeing seeing all the things he's really good at. And choosing to focus yes, yeah. on them and I think that's a very very valid attitude and absolutely fine that's what football fandom is about but I, I just think he is I think as you've said it's important to remember he's probably fifth choice at best arguably sixth choice in reality and yeah uh, uh like and that's he's, fine he's a it's project all right player that, isn't he yeah, yeah it's all
0: right that he is like this is the thing i think it's we're pointing out we're only sort of going out of our way to point out where we think is the weaknesses in his game because there's been this big reaction of get him in the team etc and and i think it's fine for players to come in and do well in certain games without you thinking that they have to go into the started lineup every every game like I think for a long time that has been sort of the mentality at town has been you know because of the the lack of squad depth I think after last season in particular but also the season before and to be honest the two seasons before that you know town have had four seasons in a row where they've been fighting relegation and when you're in that situation that is where you you do have that mentality and it's like right well if a player is doing well you keep them in the side but I think circumstances are, are different now. I think you can afford... You know, you can have Josh Garoma scoring the goal, your only goal of the game on the Friday, and then you put him on the bench on the Wednesday. You know, Josh Ruffles is a perfectly good left-back and we've we've barely seen him this season. So... You know, it, it, Carol Lighton. I don't think either of us would have him in our first choice lineup necessarily straight away either. So, no. you know, when we did the uh, the power rankings, where we sort of try and the top eleven in the power rankings, where we try and put the players in an order that if we made Carlos Corbrand sort of write his, his squad list out, that's the Audrey do it in kind of thing. The top eleven is always uh, what we think the first eleven is, and. Pippa isn't in that at the moment so it is fine for players to be able to come in and have a couple of good games here and there without them necessarily being put straight in the the side uh, on the back of that
1: yeah and I think Huddersfield Town as a football club have not been in any sort of position to have a project player for a long time because like Lewis O'Brien Became a project player at Bradford, really, and Bradford played him basically every game. He he played nearly not far off every minute, and he came back box ready and you know into the first team, and he was he was ready to go. You can't do that with other players. They didn't do it with Sorba Thomas. No, yeah, so I Bar- think that was a was... plan,
0: and the same with Caroma. Yeah. But then they end up bursting but, into the yeah. scene. Yeah,
1: and I think I think with John Russell, I think a bit of time and a bit of patience could go could go an awful long way if i'm honest as is and true
0: and, with other players like scott high for instance
1: like yeah yeah and i i think that like i would i genuinely like to see him in a championship game if i'm honest i yeah. i i would like to see it but the problem is as as you pointed out there are certain championship games where i think he's just going to get pulled from pillar to post in reality so we'll see we'll see but he's i think he's certainly now in the first team squad mix up you Mm -hmm. know he's he's certainly in that in that space now rather than just being a sort of b team player dev squad player uh he's now sort of firmly in that that first team 22 shall we say 22 23 so i think we will see a bit more of him I think the fans will demand to see a bit more of him as well, Um, so I think we're going to get plenty of time to see, you know, to make more judgments. if I'm brutally honest. What did you think of Josh Ruffles? I thought he
0: had a a, a decent game, I I didn't think he was sort Mm -hmm. of outstanding, I know some people after Burnley, he felt that he'd caught the eye. but i feel like with, with ruffles like because of the scouting that we did in the summer um we we sort of expected him to just come in and be be decent so i don't think i was particularly surprised that he's he's done exactly that i thought he you know he I, I think his his two big things that he has over Toffolo, perhaps on paper at least, uh, because it's hard to judge based on what little we see the ruffles in the championship, but based on his League One stats, I think he's he's certainly better in the air than, than Toffolo, and... I thought that was evident against Barnsley because I think one thing we didn't mention against Derby, you know, they, they did, um, they did when they did in the first half try and push forward, it was Toffolo they were targeting in the air and I thought there were a couple where he, he struggled, he got his positioning wrong or he got his timing wrong. But um, when Barnsley tried it on ruffles, they didn't really get anything out of it. And his crossing as well is is better. We didn't particularly see that against Barnsley. The the one chance he did sort of create from a cross was actually a deflected cross. It was sort of deflected into Ward's path, and then he hit the post from it. But what what did you make to him?
1: I thought he was good. I thought again, you you have to factor in the opposition. Um, but I I just think it's another reminder of of how deep this town squad is. That you can have a player like Josh Ruffles who. I think if most people saw that game, would just assume he was a championship regular. Yeah, you know, would just assume he had 20, 20 championship games minimum behind him this season. And like, I think what's I think what's quite impressive about Josh Ruffles is that he's he has. He's doing this off the back of virtually no football. It's not like he comes on for 15 minutes here and there to see games out. He doesn't really get any time whatsoever. So the couple of opportunities he's had to just sort of slot in and just look remarkably like he's been there for a long time, uh, I just think is really promising. But I, I also thought what was quite interesting was he was playing on the same side as Saar who I think had quite a nabby of a game, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. And I thought his, his defensive cover, and I, his doubling up just coming back round the blind side of Sar to help him out a couple of times, I thought was was quite interesting really because Nabi bless him I'm I'm not sure you can play him anymore in this town team because he just he just doesn't suit the way they're playing and the way they're playing they're trying to play out from the back and the like if if Toff if Sa was playing with Toflo and Toflo likes to play that sort of five or ten yards higher, I just think he'd be so exposed. It's it's Lethal, yeah. <laughs> basically, and I, I just thought it was quite interesting how Ruffles came up, and he sort of sensed that almost straight away, um, and just did a very, quite a good watching brief on on what zar was doing. But I I think I think Naby is it's so I feel for him in a way because played more outfield minutes than anyone last season. Nabby. finished the season in the his best form in a Town shirt by a long way, and he just it was a game that you went well yeah he is definitely fourth choice (laughs) centre back now isn't he Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think he's fifth choice now. To be honest, I think Ollie Turton's moved ahead of him because yeah, you know he's yeah, he he, yeah, he played yeah. against uh, well his previous two games he played against Middlesbrough at the end of November and we know how that game was. He started that game and and like the rest of the team, he had a, a bit of a shocker and played against Blackpool as well and and didn't do great against them. And since then, he's only you know his only minutes have been in the the FA Cup. He started both FA Cup games. I'd be mm-hmm. a bit staggered if he started against Forest. I'll be honest. I, yeah.
1: Uh, he won't no he won't so, he can't
0: um, I mean what would you interest, interested to know because I, I don't know if we'll, we'll talk about it much
1: before what would you do against Forest would you go for that game yeah I'd play a full strength side Yeah, I I think that there's a decent wage of money on the line which is just being pretty cynical about it but there is I think you know an FA Cup quarter final is not to be sniffed at it's still an event first one for 50 years a, would it be for town I think I'm yeah, saying, 72 it, it's still an event and the way the draw has shaped up you would be virtually guaranteed to a, a decent Premier League side um, and I would go for it they beat Forest at their ground once before and it was a difficult game it was a difficult watch at time because Forest um, missed a hell of a lot of chances mm. in that game but they are beatable they're not the death star so i think you go and play a full strength 11 and and go for it i i think just on a wider point i think what's been really good this season is i think the fa cup they've taken the replays out and i think the fa cup is so much better for yeah. it the, the teams are going for it more the games are better and it feels like a little bit of the the magic of it is back, and I think this is a sort of prime example of a game of there's very little there's very little value in holding back or yeah mixing it up particularly. I know I, may, I know there may be people who say well there are bigger priorities, but you know like you say you've not been in an FA Cup quarter final for fifty years, and I think it's I think it's about another quarter of a million quid or something they're guaranteed, and it would be a decent draw in the next round. I think there's a lot to There's a lot to go for, if I'm honest. There's a lot to go for. So maybe you make, like, one or two changes Mm. if you've got anybody who's sort of, you know, close to that fabled red zone. But, no, I'd go for it. What would you do?
0: Yeah, same. Yeah, I think... uh as you say, if there's, if there's anyone who really needs the rest, you take them out uh, and save the for for the weekend game. You know, Carlos made the point after uh, after the derby game, which is something I wrote a piece, did it as my morning piece. So you've probably read it by now. But they, he said that they've actually been they've only lost one of their evening games this this season, which mm. we're saying ahead of the Preston game. Obviously, Ground where town have not had uh, a happy record over the mm. over the decades. Uh, not that I particularly think that means anything, but. I know it matters to fans. Um, so, so, yeah, they, they've only lost one of their evening games this season. They've taken two points per game from them. and uh, But where they have struggled is the the, the game after the midweek game. They, they've tended not to do well in them, which is uh, something to think about ahead of Sheffield United on Saturday. But, um, yeah, I think if they can if they've not got an injury list as long as there are. They're at home to Peterborough after that, and you'd think that's a winnable game. So Yeah,
1: a serious team wins that game and goes into it without fear, so I think you can play yeah. a very strong side. Yeah, exactly. The other aspect is, after that FA Cup game, Forest are actually uh, away to Sheffield United. So, at the moment, that's scheduled, I think, for the Friday night. I I don't know whether that will get moved or not, because of the FA Cup, I would imagine it it will get moved to the weekend. But they are going to have to seriously think about shuffling the pack, so... Uh yeah i i would i would definitely go for it i will definitely go for it there you go
0: and it's 12 unbeaten now i mean it's it's almost getting a bit <laughs> running out of things say about town so it is nice just to have some some different players to talk about there to be fair
1: yeah uh, it we spoke last week a couple of people um a couple of podcast listeners have commented to me that about the comments we were making that at the moment they're just quite a You know, competently run football club uh, at lots of levels, and we were we were saying that in relation to the the transfer window they just had and how they're using the loan system, etc. And that's what it feels like on the pitch as well. (laughs) They're just a very competently managed squad. Who get onto the pitch, know what they have to do, have a couple of nice variations that, that work and now the one thing they were lacking was was the, the real difference makers on the bench but it now seems that you can set that team out and set that squad up in a way that you can leave, as you rightly said, you know, Pippa, Karoma etc. iting on the bench and you have got genuine ways to have people come on and change the game so... Yeah, it's it's all it's all plain sailing at the moment, which makes them quite difficult to analyse and quite difficult to write about. <laughs> yeah, just
0: because there's you know it's we, we try not to repeat ourselves, but when they're mm. just you know doing well and doing the same things well, um, you know it's <laughs> it can make the job difficult at times. But you know that's our problem, not yours. I think as as fans, you can all just enjoy it, which is is what it's there for. But I mean, hopefully it lasts because it is some some tough games coming up. You know, Preston are in mm. quite good form at the moment that they're, they're they're drawing a lot of games but they're they they're really not losing many at the moment um yeah you know one in the last however many i think when when i looked it up it's something like one in 8 or something like that they've played a, a lot of games since the turn of the new year uh they've they've caught up on a lot of their league games i'm pretty sure it is just one defeat in 8 in the league for them uh Sheffield United obviously doing really well under Heckingbottom since he replaced um Jukanovic. Um, and you know they're they're sort of roaring along, and and then away to Fulham, and we know what they can do. I think, generally speaking, Tony, to 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 stay in, to sort of stay where they are, they need to keep picking up points at a rate of five points every three games, which is roughly what they've been doing. They've been doing very very slightly above that so far this season. But I think looking at these fixtures, you'd probably four from from these three games would be a very good return. I think.
1: Yeah, uh, Sheffield United are still a bit spotty, so it completely mm-hmm. depends which version of Sheffield United turns up on the day. And
0: I think if you beat Shef- Sheffield United, that's the main the main one. I think Fulham, you don't expect yeah. anything, do you? But no. I think if you beat Sheffield, but you United... you
1: look at like I. I'm not a great subscriber to soccer and all that sort of thing I think it doesn't account for lots of variables but but you know you just look at the wage bills of a Sheffield United and a Fulham to town and and by rights every metric suggests that town shouldn't be in those games that's not how football works and town will go into they'll go into both as a very competitive team who will certainly give them a you know give them a good game but can they give, actually give them a bloody nose? I don't know. I don't know. The Preston game feels like one to... I think people unfairly just think Preston are a very physical side. They're not. There's a lot more to them than that. But I do think you have to, man for man, you have to stand up to mm. them. Um, and I think Preston at, at their place are a very different uh, animal to Preston away so that is a tough game i don't i don't know i think if if town are serious playoff contenders then they come through this patch as you said with with a minimum of sort of four points mm-hmm. but i don't know it, it wouldn't it wouldn't it's also you could see them losing all three games yeah. And I still don't, I still don't necessarily think that's massively going to hurt them in terms of their position because he never has done this season. Whenever they have had a blip, it's not really hurt them. They'll still be in contention, and then they then got a run of slightly better fixtures. In truth, to just pick themselves back up.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would be fairly happy with a point at Preston, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, and then and then you, you, I think you go for it against Sheffield United, and honestly, I think. The way Fulham are this season, I mean, you just need to look at their goals scored record. Um, You Mm. know, they're about 30 goals better off than the next uh, best team. I know that, I know, I'm not, there's teams that have gone there and got good results. And there's teams that have beaten Fulham. I'm not saying they're, you know, this Manchester City level side that are turning over everyone. But I just think that on their day, they can, they can probably batter anyone in this division in truth.
1: Yeah but town historically they they sometimes pull these results off Mm. you know talking about your sort of brentford Brentford and various others so i wouldn't i wouldn't completely rule it out in it weirdly i (laughs) I know it's a weird way round to think it, but I think the Sheffield United game could be tougher because mm. the Fulham feels like a free hit, whereas Sheffield United at home, Sheffield United are going to come back. There are several in that team who feel like they've got a little bit of a score to settle after the, the early season game and the nature in which it was lost. They've even got Billy Sharp back on form, for God's sake. <laughs> And I, I that it feels like a it feels like a tough game that because at home that always comes with a certain level of, of expectation too. So, yeah, I think I think the full I think the Sheffield United game is the more difficult of the two. Weirdly, but but yeah, we'll see. There you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm saying a win. I'm saying target that one for the win just because of what that means as a six pointer. Really, mm-hmm. uh, I think Preston are just that little bit further back, uh, and have played more games that that they're probably looking at a mid table season but yeah we'll see how it goes it's uh pointless talking about stuff that hasn't happened i suppose so sorry to have wasted your time dave (laughs) thanks for joining us um yeah obviously get on examinolive.co.uk uh (laughs) if anyone wants some books for valentine's day dave where can they go
1: uh books o c k l e y uh if you want to get something from my company but my book is actually released through pitch silver linings and nothing says i love you wife girlfriend boyfriend slash whatever like a history of bobby robson's time in charge of the england national team yeah exactly
0: thanks for joining us everyone we'll see you next time goodbye